Well, hello and God bless you. Welcome to BlendCouragesYou.com, where we are here with the word of the Lord to help keep you encouraged to stay on the wall for the Lord. My name is Blend, and after a bit of a hiatus, I am so very glad to be back here with all of you on this episode number 211 of our podcast. Well, BCU family, it is a new year, but we're still talking about some of the same things, and it's all good. I'll tell you what, please take this time to go ahead and get your Bibles, your notebooks, something to write with, a snack, and settle on in. Blend Encourages You is coming to you with Love Notes Part 2. That's what's coming up next. All right, BCU family, we are going to get into our podcast content momentarily. Right now, I would like to establish protocol. So if you are a longtime listener, thank you so very much for being here. We certainly do appreciate you. And if you happen to be a first time listener, you know what? Thank you so much. We certainly appreciate you being here as well. And I'm going to ask you to consider right now making our relationship permanent. So wherever you are listening from, if you're on the blendencouragesyou.com site, if you're on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, on iTunes, or now known as Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud, wherever you are listening from, do me a favor and go ahead and hit the subscribe button. That's all you have to do, and that gets you in as an official part of the BCU family. Welcome. All right, everybody. So let me first start off by saying Happy New Year to all of you who are under the sound of my voice. At the time of this recording, it is January 1st, 2020. Can't believe that God is just so good. And yes, as said in the introduction, we have been on hiatus for a little while, just doing some things and taking a little rest. And we are back and just excited to continue to encourage you through God's word for staying on the wall. So the last time we were together, we talked about love notes. That was part one. And that was based out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And we talked about the seven things that love is or love does. Now, in this follow-up segment, we're going to talk about what love does not do or what love is not. Still based out of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Let's dig in. So the first thing that love does not do is it does not envy. Now, envy by definition is a feeling of discontentment or resentment because someone has something that you desire or maybe you feel like you deserve it. So perhaps you think, well, I should have this particular position in church because I've been saved longer or I'm holier than so-and-so or I don't wear this or I don't go there or you know, they don't deserve the promotion because I have more education or I'm more qualified or um, I'm so much better looking than so-and-so or I should be further than so-and-so. Those kinds of thoughts and feelings, BCU family, that's not love at all. That's envy and it is not of God. 
Now, a prime biblical example of the sin of envy, and it is a sin, is the story of Joseph and his brothers. Now, you can read that entire account in Genesis chapter 37, uh, and I'd love for you to read that in your spare time uh, when you have some time with the Lord. But the thing is, just the, the crux of the story for sake of time is that Joseph was loved um, more than any of the other brothers. Um, when Jacob or Israel had him, he was the son of his old age. He gave him a coat of many colors. So Joseph had a little favor. And on top of it, Joseph was having these dreams that his brothers, as well as his parents, would bow down and submit to him. And they did not like that. They did not like that at all. And as a matter of fact, in the book of Acts, believe it or not, chapter 7, verse number 9, it says that the patriarchs, those brothers, were moved with envy. And they were moved with envy so much so that they sold their brother as a slave to the Egyptians. So envy and, and feeling like someone has something that you want to have will drive you to do things that are not linked to God. And that is not love whatsoever. And anything that's not love obviously is of the enemy. And it's not something that we should practice. Now, in thinking about practicing envy, if we continue to move in those thoughts, we may not sell someone into slavery, but if we continue to think about how we deserve something over someone else and uh, act on those feelings in a certain way or just continue to even meditate on those thoughts, uh, we actually uh, can disqualify or will rather disqualify ourselves from heaven. Now, Romans chapter 1 verses 28 through 32 reminds us of this and let me just read it in its entirety. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things that were not convenient. That's verse number 28 of Romans chapter 1. Verse 29, listen to this BCU family. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, they that commit such things are worthy of death. So that's separation eternally from God. That's the lake of fire we're talking about. And not only those that do these things, but those that take pleasure and those that actually practice these things. So we may be cheering some folks on, uh, when it comes to these types of things. So all of those things and envy is right there with murder in between maliciousness and murder, debate, deceit. So it's all the same thing to God. So if there's any envy in our hearts, we need to ask the Lord to rectify that right away and repent from it and, and practice loving and not envying, celebrating and not envying. All right. Number two, love does not vaunt itself up. Now, vaunting means to self-promote uh, someone who exaggerates their own virtues. And many times when someone is promoting themselves or talking about themselves, they can often get to the point of really not telling the truth. The exaggeration just 
<laughs> turns into actual lies. And with the person that bonds themselves up is that you'll notice that the only things that count are the things that they do. Uh, nothing else matters to them. They have little to no interest, understanding or empathy for anything or anyone else except for themselves. It's a sad place to be. So in contrast, the agape love that God gives us will always consider the other person's feelings, thoughts, situations, and anything else before speaking or acting. And even if you have exceeded someone in a particular area, maybe you have more education or more experience or what have you, agape love, true love, will never expose that person or try to embarrass them in order to make our own selves look good. Now, a follow-up scripture to that is found in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 3, and it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Amen. All right, let's go to number three. Love is not puffed up. Now, puffed up is based on the Greek words philusio, I believe that's how it's pronounced, which means to be haughty, snobbish, swollen, or inflated. In other words, plain language, love is not prideful. Now, agape love, BCU family, is never haughty. It never deals with people with a high hand, looking down at others. That, that's not what that love does. And when we start dealing in pride with people, Proverbs 16, 18 reminds us that pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So we need to be careful of those befores and deal in agape love only. We never want to be puffed up in our love. All right. Number four, love does not behave itself unseemly. Now, this phrasing means to act improperly, selfishly, or out of order. Love BCU family doesn't get cold when it doesn't get her way. Love, agape love, will never plot, plan, scheme, pout, punish, withhold, uses bad language, entertains the wrong thoughts about someone in order to get her way. Love, agape love, always stays in formation. And a scripture to back that up, Proverbs 17, 17a says, a friend loves at all times. Now, it doesn't mean, BCU family, that we will always get along or that there won't be disagreements or disappointments and things like that. The agape love isn't blind. It's how we behave ourselves is what we need to pay attention to. So again, love doesn't behave itself unseemly. That was number four. Now, number five, and I found this one very interesting, is that love does not seek her own. Now, the meaning behind this phrase depicts a person who is so bent on getting their own way that they will twist facts, search for loopholes, and use any means necessary to make, quote-unquote, the situation work for themselves. And that includes even going to court, taking legal action. 
This VCU family is low-key and probably in some cases high-key <laughs> manipulation. And this should never be named among us in the body of Christ. Now, Philippians chapter 2, verse number 4 reminds us that we are not to look on, or I'm sorry, look not every man onto his own things, but every man onto the things of others. And in these situations, BCU family, we have to see when we are trying to prove a point or get our own way, so to speak. Are, are we doing this out of a principled situation? Is it right or are we seeking our own? So it's important for us to examine our motives behind what it is that we're doing. There are some things that we may need to stand up for. There are some things that we may need to get litigation involved. Uh, we just need to make sure that our motives are where God would want them to be. And are we seeking our own? Are we twisting things? Are we so set on having our own way that we will go outside of the will of God to get it? Amen. So something for us to consider prayerfully. All right. Number six, love is not easily provoked. Now, this is one BCU family that many of us, myself included, uh, struggle with. Let's talk about it. So this love, agape love, means that it's not readily angered or irritated behind every little thing. Now, mind you, BCU family, there will be things that irritate us. There will be things that, that take us to a place where we're upset. You know, as we become more mature in Christ, every little thing shouldn't set us off. It, it just should not. The traffic, the weather, waiting in a line, um, not getting the right fruit. <laughs> you know, um, when we order something in a restaurant and it didn't come out quite right, you know, just quick to jump onto someone, that shouldn't happen when we've got the agape love. Now, it's not to say that we won't get angry about things. Before we react, we should have a little thought and a lot of prayer behind it. So the agape love still comes through. Now, the verse that comes to mind is Proverbs 15 and 1. And this is something that uh, we all uh, need to put into practice. And when I say we all, myself included, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. And again, that's Proverbs chapter 15, verse number 1. So while we may initially be upset about something, again, are we going to address that person in a gentle way? We may need to set them straight, but we can do it gently. As a matter of fact, gentleness is one of the fruit of the Spirit found in Galatians chapter 5, right around verses number 19, 20, 21, 22, right around in that area. So uh, we want to be sure, BCU family, that we're gentle when we do respond. Now, at the same time, we also don't want to be the ones who behave unseemly or speak words to incite an angry response or to provoke others. Because sometimes that's what we do. <laughs> um, we have to think about our motives behind what we're saying. And are we doing this to, quote unquote, poke the bear? Amen. We don't want to be those types of people. So um, when it comes to responding to someone or to saying something to someone, obviously Proverbs 15 and 1 stands uh, with a gentle answer turning away wrath, but a harsh word stirring up anger. We also want to keep in mind 
1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse number 20, that says, Be ye not children in understanding, how be it, in malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. And the reason that I say that, BCU family, is that when we disagree with someone, when we're trying to reason, we want to be sure that we come to an understanding with the other person as to why they feel the way that they do, rather than shutting down and saying words that will provoke or responding in a way that's going to stir up anger. So in understanding, we want to be men or be grown, as it were, and in malice, we want to be children. And when we think about that, uh, a lot of times when children disagree, they'll disagree for a few moments and then they'll go back to playing as if nothing happened. And that's what we should be doing as adults. Amen. So yeah, number six, super important. All right. Number seven, and this is one that I love as well. I love all of these BCU family, but this resonates with me uh, so very much. Number seven, love thinks no evil. And I love this one because the phrase translates in the Greek to reconciling, calculating, or keeping a record of something so you do not forget. And the reason this one stands out to me is that I was reading someplace uh, on the internet and doing some research that there's one country village someplace uh, in the world where the residents spend a lot of time fighting one another, okay? And when you spend a lot of time warring, it can be hard to remember what you are at war for. (laughs) So in this particular place, in this village, what the natives do is, is that they keep a tangible object visible, to them. So maybe it's a picture frame, maybe it's a rock, maybe it's a leaf, it doesn't matter. But what they do is is that they keep this object within eyesight so that they can remember what they are angry about. They can remember what the other person did to offend them so that they can stay angry. It's their way of calculating and keeping a running list, as it were, of what the other person has done to them. Now, we may sort of chuckle at that and say, well, I don't keep physical objects to remind me of why I'm angry with so-and-so. But we, if we are honest, we'll, we'll say that we often keep a mental ledger in our minds and we replay, well, the last time this happened or the last time I spoke to so-and-so, these are the five things that happened. And we'll replay Uh, those situations over and over and over and over and over in our minds to keep that ledger fresh. So again, love doesn't think any evil. Love does not keep a record. And Matthew 18 chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 18 verses 21 through 22 reminds us, BCU family, that we have to forgive. And when we forgive from the heart, we're not going to keep a record. Then Peter came unto him, Jesus, and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Peter threw on a number seven. And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. So that's 490 times, BCU family, if you're keeping up with the math. And what Jesus means here is, is that we just need to lose count of how many times people offend us. Amen? All right, so we've got to forgive. Number eight, love does not rejoice in iniquity. 
True agape love does not rejoice in things that are wrong, sinful, unjust, or even the guilt or vices of other people. Rather, true love rejoices in the things, of course, that are true. All right. And 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number six reminds us that love rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in truth. So that's what we want to make sure that we go by truth. And then our bonus, um, love never fails. It just never fails. Agape love, BCU family, does not run out. It doesn't decay, decline, diminish over time. Uh, doesn't have dry seasons, behaviors, circumstances. Um, those things don't waver when it comes to agape love. And Jesus is a perfect example of love never failing. And if we do have Jesus down on the inside, if we have his spirit within us, then our love will stand the test of time over and over again, like his love for us. Amen? Amen. Well, BCU family, I cannot speak for you all, but I tell you, this study reminded me that I have so much more to come up to when it comes to the love area. Lots to practice. And I'm curious to know what your thoughts are as well. So if you're not already here, please head on over to the blendcouragesyou.com site. Scroll down to the comments and let's continue our conversation about love, on what it is, what it isn't, and where some of your struggles are, where your triumphs are. I'd love to talk to you all about that. So at this point, BCU family, we are about to wrap things up. It has been my extreme pleasure being your facilitator on today, your encourager. And we are going to wrap things up and get ready for our next podcast. So, Lord will, until the next time that we are together, may our amazing God continue to bless you, keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and give you peace and plenty of love in this year, 2020, as you... Stay on the wall. Thank you all so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.